Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. everybody 1008 WTIC News Talk 1080 this is the Will Marotti show Will Marotti your host Matt Sarice our master of ceremonies at the master control panel making sure the timing and the tempo of the show is good as well as taking your calls and so we're very happy hope you had a good weekend we had a great weekend great weekend of services things are coming back church is coming back to life Pretty cool, and we had a, 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 I think, a very stirring 9-11 service last night. Better than expected attendance, uh, which was very nice. We were happy to have the mayor of, of Meriden with us, and um, former uh, fire chief of Meriden, and our, our special guest speaker, retired ATF agent, uh, Lou Velozzi did a great job. So it was a wonderful time. So I hope you had, your weekend was almost as good as ours because we had a great one. I'm very encouraged about the news coming out of the Ukraine right now and joining us from the Heritage Foundation. Long military career, 30 years. Most of that time with Special Forces, served with the Pentagon. Uh, regular Monday guest, friend of the show, Steve Bucci. Hey, Steve, welcome back. Hey, hey Pastor. It's good to be back on the show. I know you worked for uh, uh, Mr. Rumsfeld when you were at the Pentagon. How did the how did that 9/11 uh, attack impact? Uh, I mean, obviously it impacted everybody there. I, I know uh, I, I I know Lieutenant Colonel Brian Birdwell, who was the sole survivor from from the E ring, that uh, direct point of contact with the plane. But I, you know, you remember seeing pictures of of of, of uh, Donald Rumsfeld like out in the field helping people. And uh, what what was that like? Well, uh, it, it was pretty interesting. You know, we had uh, we had a bunch of congressmen there in the office for a breakfast that morning, mm-hmm. and uh, they were in the middle of it when we saw the planes hit up in uh, New York. And, you know, we watched it. Everybody said, oh, my gosh, what a terrible thing. Uh, then we saw the replay, mm-hmm. which turned out not to be a replay. It was the second aircraft hitting the other tower. Mm. Uh, and, you know, so we immediately went in. We informed the secretary. He excused the, the congressman. They all took off and went, went back across the river. Uh, and we started to try and figure out what the heck was going on. So we realized, okay, this wasn't an accident. It was an attack. Uh, I got sent into a room a little early, a little 
you know, in from the ring, the E-ring where we, our office was, uh, to begin some of the planning. I was the note taker. And suddenly we felt this boom and the whole building shifted, mm. uh, which is pretty, uh, it's a big building to yeah, shift. Yeah. And, uh, the, the plane actually hit, as we found out afterwards, you know, on the other side of the building from us. But uh, so I came came out to the office and said, what the heck was that? And they said, oh, sir, uh, you know, one of the a plane hit our building. I'm like, oh, God. And and I looked around. And I said, where's the boss? And they said, oh, he went out to the crash site. Oh, and I said, what? What do you mean he went out to the crash site? You're not supposed <laughs> to let him go to the dangerous place. And it kind of went, well, there's the boss. What are we going to do? Mm. So uh, I grabbed the the senior NCO in our office, and the two of us went out to find him to get him back inside to, you know, we had to get him in contact with the, the National Command Authority. And, and so the, we go out, and there he is, you know, 70-plus years old, and he's hauling a stretcher with, with a wounded guy on it. Gosh. And, you know, and that wasn't a photo op. I know yeah, some people yeah. may have thought that because, yeah, I mean, to, somebody took the picture and ended up in the papers and everything, but it was not. That was just his instinct, his desire to be where his people were, you know, under attack. Mm-hmm. So we literally had to convince him to go back in the building and to, to you know, start doing what he had to do as a decision maker. Uh, we wow. moved around. A bit. We went down to the National uh, Military Command Center, the, the, the Joint Staff's big operations center, mm-hmm. uh, because he asked, he said, who has the most communications capability, you know, to be the best place to set up his headquarters? And we said downstairs, definitely. So down we went. Uh, and unfortunately, that part of the building started to fill up with smoke from mm. the fire at the point of impact. Mm-hmm. And, and we eventually had to move up to the area where I had been sitting uh, when the actual impact occurred. Uh, and we got the boss set up there. We started bringing in his principal uh, assistants and getting in contact with the president and the vice president and the, the other cabinet members. Uh, and it was a long, long day. Uh, the, the, the only break the secretary took was when somebody sufficiently hefty showed up and he had to go out there with them. Uh, I know later in the day I went out with the secretary and the chairman and the ranking member of the armed, uh, Senate armed services committee. We went out to, to the crash site, uh, and, to, to inspect it. And that was when the boss picked up a piece of the airplane Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, anybody who says there was no pieces of the airplane there, it's just not true. They weren't very <laughs> big pieces, I'll admit, yeah. but they were yeah. pieces of an aircraft body. Uh, and he handed it to me and said, Colonel, put this in your bag. Because mm-hmm. I always carried a bag with you know the stuff mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. to take care of him whenever we were away from the office. And, and that piece of that aircraft was eventually mounted on, on a big piece of wood and to my knowledge still sits in the SecDef's office even today it did for the rest of the administration there under president bush for sure and we lost what 125 uh pentagon 
personnel that day, 64 on the plane. I mean, just, um, you know, they may, I, I, mean, I know you bring that up because of the theories that a missile blew up the Pentagon and it was a staged attack and everything. And, you know, it just, it's just lunacy that people believe that stuff. But um, you would think a plane coming in at I don't know how many hundreds of miles an hour, a plane that size, full load of jet fuel, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know what the equivalent would be in terms of an explosive device, but I mean, and you, you, as you said, you felt it on the opposite side of the building. The Pentagon's a massive structure with those multiple layers, the rings. Um, gosh, I, I can't imagine. But uh, it, it is, uh, you know, having. I, in fact, I was just watching a, a YouTube thing that showed the the impact, the explosion that it made. Uh, and anybody who understands, you know, munitions, the the explosion was mostly fire. Right. It was a big fireball. Fireball. Uh, which is indicative of fuel going off. Mm-hmm. A a you know a rocket that has an explosive warhead on it doesn't make that kind of fireball. It makes mm-hmm. it a big explosion, but you can mm-hmm. see the difference between you know, the black and the, the dust and stuff of a, an explosive device going off. And in this case, a plane exploding with all that fuel on board, uh, it makes a different kind of explosive, yeah. uh, you know, picture. Uh, it, it, I'll give you an example. In movies, they always show hand grenades. and They make these big fireballs. Yeah. Hand grenades don't make fireballs. They no. just... That, you know, you don't want to be close to one when it goes no. off. Don't get me wrong. It's still a, a deadly thing, but it doesn't make a bunch of fire. Mm-hmm. This made a bunch of fire. So this was not a missile with an explosive warhead. Right. right. It was a giant airplane with a whole bunch of fuel still on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Brian Birdwell tells the story that he had left his office. He went to the restroom, and he was coming out of the restroom, and as he opened the door, literally the whole the whole hallway was coming at him in flame and engulfed him in flame and i don't know 36 operate they didn't think he was going to make it he was so badly burned and um it, it just the story is is incredible but to talk to your point about the fl- the fireball i mean I, I, there there must have been fire heading in every direction at the point of impact now, anywhere the fire could find a a hallway a passageway an office a closet a door I mean, the fire must have been everywhere when that impact took place. It it was, Pastor. And my wife, it was her first day in the Pentagon, by the way, oh, uh, for, literally for a job interview to be a Red Cross volunteer nurse. Mm-hmm. And she actually took care of, of Birdwell. Oh, really? And, yeah. Uh, oh, she was God. one of the first people giving him, you know, initial aid before they, they evacuated him and got him to a hospital. And she said, yeah, we, we didn't think he was going to live because it was clear he had inhaled yeah. some of the fire, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what happens in that kind of fireball. It's, uh, you know, not only was his, his body burned, but it went into his lungs. And, uh, and they, she prayed over him, mm-hmm. uh, and they were, were sure he was not going to make it. But, you know, God moved and, uh, and saved him, and he's... You know, God bless him. He has used it positively mm. ever since. Mm. I mean, you talk about a man of character, courage, mm-hmm. and spirit. Uh, he he sort of exemplifies it. He could have, you know, curled up in a ball and felt sorry for himself. Instead, 
he was concerned about everybody else. Yeah, uh, really a, a true hero. We uh, we went down. I uh, you know because we do the memorial service every year, and and he couldn't uh, when we talked to him, he couldn't really travel, and so we said we'll come to you, and so he went down to his home in Texas and spent the day with he and his his wife Mel. And he was so gracious with his time, and, and we put together a powerful, powerful video of his testimony. But he said, I don't remember if he said he was semi-conscious or couldn't really tell. You know, he was, he was in shock, obviously. But he said he, he remembers them hearing people saying that he, he wasn't going to make it. And he was, you know, he was like thinking to himself, I want to make it. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's such a bizarre. I mean, and, and really, I mean, he's a great man of faith. He credits God for his survival and his life today. And But I didn't realize you had a personal connection with your wife. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I hadn't planned on talking about this, but I'm glad that we did. I do want to talk about one thing, though. I got a report this morning that apparently the Ukrainian army is taking back land uh, previously held by, by the Russians. In a number of towns, uh, they've already taken more than 3,000 square kilometers, about 1,200 miles, square my, 100 miles of, of land back. What is going on over there? Why are they, uh, why are they recapturing this land? Well, they're they're doing it because the Ukrainian military, one, is massively motivated to protect their own homeland and to free it from uh, an unlawful invader. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're showing great discipline, great military skill. Uh, They're using every bit of equipment that they can get their hands on and using it effectively. Uh, And the Russians, you know, are not terribly motivated. Here. They, they understand now what they're doing is so screwy. I, I saw a, a tweet over the weekend and it said, you notice when you see pictures of the Ukrainian military, they, they look pretty disciplined. You know, they're in their uniforms. They got their helmets with the mm-hmm. chin straps buttoned. They're all those indicators that a military leader looks for in a disciplined unit you see in the Ukrainians. And, and the, the person said, and every time you see a picture of the Russians, they look like a bunch of homeless people from San Francisco. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really the results. And, you know, other than the fact that those those poor Russians, you know, understand if, if they run away, that they're they're probably going to face, you know, a fate worse. Right. If right. They get home. Right. Then then if they stay and surrender or die, uh, it, it's, you know, if we can. If the West can continue to to provide the means for the Ukrainians to fight, the Ukrainians will fight until our country is liberated. The Russians do not have that kind of motivation. Uh, this is a an ego thing and a political thing for Putin now. Uh, but yeah, they're chasing them away. Well, and, in a in a hot air story uh, quoting Politico from the other day. Uh, they're talking about the fact that Russia is re- they're running out of, of weapons. They're running out of parts. And, and they're starting to buy stuff from North Korea, which is not nearly even as good as the stuff that they had. Uh, so they're, 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 just, they're just running out of everything. And they're, they're running out of, of hardware. They're running out of high-tech parts to fix things. And apparently they're running out of morale. So I, I don't know if it's too early to tell, but I'm looking at this map of eastern Ukraine, northern eastern Ukraine near the city of Kharkiv, 
And on September 6th, it's color-coded. On September 6th, there's just a little sliver of purple that is, is representing held by Ukraine and this whole bunch of red representing Russia. And a week later, two-thirds of that area is now under Ukrainian control and just a small portion under Russian control. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the graphic of Acura is, is stunning to see it. So I wonder, is it is it too early to say, but do we think the Ukrainians can pull this off? Well, they're, they're at least going to keep pushing the Russians out until they run out of equipment. Uh, and, and on a good note, they're capturing a bunch of the Russian equipment because the Russians are just running away and leaving it. Mm-hmm. So there's some uh, additive momentum to this. Not only are they liberating the land, but they're they're gaining more equipment on their own by by taking it from the the invaders. Uh, so it's it's a positive trend. I don't think anybody's ready to say it's a done deal. You know, the, <laughs> the Russians haven't collapsed completely. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you got somebody like Putin at their head, you don't know what else he's going to do there. You know, that that nuclear plant is still at risk. Uh, the, the Russians Still, even though they're running out of parts for their conventional forces that are fighting there, uh, they still have other means through which they can fight that nobody mm-hmm. wants them to use. Mm-hmm. But that's always a possibility. So uh, some scary stuff potentially, but a lot of positive trends for uh, Ukraine eventually liberating uh, definitely all the stuff that the Russians grabbed since the invasion and perhaps, and, and they've made some, some headway as well in, in the Donbass area, mm-hmm. not quite as much as, as in Kharkiv, but uh, it's, uh, they're, they're making progress all over. Hmm. And, and that's a, a really wonderful thing, and hopefully will continue. You know, this could end up being the, 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 the David and Goliath story of, uh, of the decade, right? Where who would have imagined that you think of the, public opinion anyway of, of the the massive soviet military machine taking on this little this little tiny country ukraine and and they're actually fighting back and they haven't given in and they're and they're taking territory back it's uh it's encouraging so hey steve thank you so much thank, thanks for the 911 insight too i hadn't really thought about going there but but it was a good conversation i'm glad we had it appreciate that very much have a great day sir thank you All right. Take care, Pastor. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Steve Bucci from the Heritage Foundation. All right. 860-522-9842. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Open phone lines for the rest of the program. Give some more shout-outs for the amen list. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. This is the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right. Welcome back. 1038 WTIC News Talk 1080. Having, having a fun time here. Good, good call volume for a Monday. 
Thank you very much. Let me get the last third of the amen list. Uh, Stephen, uh, Alex D., Robert H., Donna C., Mary in Middletown, Chris P., Robert K., Linda in Florida, J.W., Dor, M.W., uh, I'm saying Dor is short for Doreen, David C., Monica M., Greg P., on the road. Greg, Greg and his wife live in Georgia. They listen to the show down there. They're on their way to Florida. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are in the car and you can hear this. Give the shout-out. Patricia W., uh, Michael S, Sharik, and Zeke H. And uh, not a record, but 60-plus today, 64 amens. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. I want to continue. By the way, uh, open phone lines, 860-522-9842. I want to continue with this story of this Gallup poll that came out. Americans are increasingly dissatisfied with K-12 to education. Gallup surveyed respondents to rank their views on education, a four-point scale, from completely dissatisfied to completely satisfied, the majority of adults expressed dissatisfaction with education. 32% someone dissatisfied, 23% completely dissatisfied. Only 9%, I don't know who these people are, only 9% were completely satisfied. Guaranteed they're all Democrats. It's probably not surprising, says the article. Get Gallup broke the results down by party. Republicans are less satisfied with K-12 education in America today than Democrats are. Only 30% of those certified identified themselves as Republicans or leaning Republicans uh, and declared themselves at all satisfied with education. Over half of the ones satisfied were Democrats. When parents are faced questions about their own education, the tune changed dramatically and astonishing 80% were satisfied with their education, only 32% not satisfied. That's because parents don't know what's going on. If you're a parent in the United States and you're happy with the level of public education your child is receiving or the type of public education your child is receiving, it's because you don't know what's going on. I know that sounds Biden-like, right? If you don't, if you know, if you're black and you don't vote for me, you ain't really black. That's, that's a Bidenism kind of a thing to say, but I think it's true. I think I think families in general, parents specifically, are so busy just trying to take care of their family, trying to pay their bills, you know, pay the mortgage, pay the rent, take care of things. That, you know, they it's unfortunate they shouldn't have to worry about what's going on in the classroom. They shouldn't have to worry about things being taught that they don't personally believe in and don't want their kids believing in, and yet it's being force-fed to them. It shouldn't be that way. But that's unfortunately the case because parents are not involved. They're not engaged. And they don't know what's going on with their kids in, in, in terms of education, a lot of the cases. Uh, let's go to the calls, 860-522-9842. Let's go to our uh, Sharik in Hartford. Hello, Sharik. Welcome. Good morning, Pastor. How are you, sir? Doing uh, well. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, you know what? I'm basically, uh, I just want to express my condolences for 9-11 victims. Uh, mm -hmm. I bless their families, survivors, and all that. And I watched some something live yesterday. It was very moving. Believe me, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just unbelievable. I, then I, I, I just want to say a few things about Ukraine. I don't think so. I think so that gains are very positive and, and things, but we should not think very deeply about well we should not go to think big about these gains uh, russia is far from from being defeated yeah we should not be i think this is a time to ask to uh, to ask for a talk about a ceasefire 
Mm. But I don't think the ceasefire is happening before U.S. elections because basically U.S. is, uh, is uh, you know, funding the war and all those other things. Mm. The other thing I just want to say was the Connecticut Independent Party, which was which uh, the vote went against uh, Mr. Stefanowski. I think so. That the 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 problem I have with that vote is that the the the, the head of the party voted twice, once as a member and then as the head of the party. So I, I think that without his vote, it was a tie. It was a tie. So You're right. I, huh? You're right. It was a tie without that vote. Yeah. So without, he was the, the tiebreaker. The problem breaker. is this. I don't think that, that makes a difference, but it has a bad publicity attached to it. The other thing is Connecticut elections. You know, uh, my vote is going to be, I still believe me, I, I can still vote for Mr. Stefanowski. And, uh, and the ad saying that he's too extreme for Connecticut, he's not too extreme for Connecticut. And uh, if he comes with a program to uh, clearly how to have Connecticut economic program for post-COVID Connecticut, because, you know, this COVID money is going to run out very soon. And then uh, we, we cannot live off that right now. And, and we'll be facing just, a $2 billion deficit. Right. And uh, that's the reality. We're going to, we're, it's going to come uh, pretty soon in a couple of years. And whoever comes with a, with, a uh, with a plan to how to deal with economic... Connecticut is always uh, lagging behind in everything else, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. things. The other thing is, I just want to say one thing about U.S. space program. This has a... Although it has a the, the biggest rocket hasn't gone off yet, but yeah, it has a huge defense and, and military uh, implications. Mm-hmm. We are basically um, trying to trying to compete with China in space, and mm-hmm. within a decade, you may hear. I hope not that the fight has broken out on Mars. You know, I'm I'm serious. You know, so I'm I'm worried about the moon. I'm quite frankly, I think I think it's possible that we won't be back to the moon first with people, and then whoever's there first will take control, and then that we know that the moon is critical to going to Mars. So I'm I'm very concerned about the moon. I'm concerned about the fact we can't get this yeah, rocket launched. This is embarrassing. I'm a, I'm, I should get a real estate license for the moon. You know, that's what I think. You know anyway. what? That's a great futuristic view, Sharik. I yeah. wonder. How, I might All join right, sir, in thank that. You very much. You know what? Um, I always I always um, say my amen um, uh, on email. So yeah, if we yeah. Well, I got your amen listed today. I saw it. Saw it came in. Thank you I so know, much. Thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. you. Thank you. I mean, that could be a unicorn market right there, like unicorn industry, real estate on the moon. People, you laugh, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, he just gave me an idea. I think we should start figuring out how we can do that. It's a U.S. territory, right? The moon, we should declare, that's, first of all, we declare the moon a U.S. territory. That's the first thing we should do. And then once it's a U.S. territory, we start figuring out what, what the real estate's worth, and we start training people. Oh, this is brilliant. We start training people to be moon real estate agents. I would go. I would. I would go and take the training. Imagine that being able to walk around and show a piece of property of the moon to somebody, and this has got a great view of the of the Earth at, at the right time. And look at you get so much sunlight. I mean, <laughs> I think I think Sharik's on at something. I'm gonna I'm gonna drill down on this. I think this could be something here. I think there's some potential here for moon real estate. And I, I want to, I would be, be, be early in the class. I'd be one of the first in the class to be trained to be a moon real estate agent. Right? Gosh, I don't know. I think it's a good idea. 860-522-9842. Um, what were you doing on 9-11? Do you remember? Do you remember where you were, what you were doing? 
I remember, I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what I was doing. I won't want to talk about it because it's, it's a little uh, TMI, but um, I know exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I remember how I felt about it. And I remember the, the morning as it proceeded. I was, uh, yeah, it, it was it was traumatic. It really was. Um, major dissatisfaction with the education system happened during the 22-23 school year. Very surprising. This one all started coming out. Well, that's when we learned that all, all, all the fourth graders can't read, can't do math. Numbers dropped off the table. Why? Because third grade is critical. If you cannot read by third, if you're not proficient in reading by third grade, and you leave third grade without that proficiency, you're going to be hurt the rest of your education career. Because from zero to three, or from kindergarten to three, or preschool to three, you're learning to read. Beyond third grade, you're reading to learn. Very important distinction there. And if you don't get reading skills down by third grade, you are in serious trouble scholastically and, and then successfully in life. Hey, let's take a break. couple commercials. We'll come back, take some calls, finish up. Great show today, guys. Really one of the best Monday shows we've had I, I, I can ever remember. Um. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah. All right, welcome back. Yeah, we had a good, uh, great 9 11 uh, memorial service last night. We had good in person attendance. Looks like we had well over 200 people watching online. And so it was a good, uh, it was a good um, time to remember. What happened to us all back then? 860-522-9842. Got a story here about hair loss. I hope I have time to share it. If not, I'll have to do it tomorrow. Let's go to Meriden. Silver City, second call day from Silver City. Let's go to Wayne and Meriden. Hey, Wayne. Go ahead, Wayne. Wayne, are you there? Wayne, going once. Going twice. Gone. <laughs> oh, man. Let's go to Kim. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pastor Will. Okay, a couple of things. Two quick topics. Steve Bannon, he's being brought up on charges after being um, given a pardon by Trump, right? Yeah, I don't understand that. How is that possible? He's being brought up on charges, different charges. They'll go oh, after okay. anywhere they can. So okay. Steve Bannon's being brought up on charges, apparently, of, of about... Um, some sort of like charity that wasn't up and up or not giving mm -hmm. enough money. Well, they're ignoring the fact that the YouTube rock star Bono, mm -hmm. he gave only one half of a percent of billions of dollars that were raised, right? And then when he was outed, he gave, he upped it to 1%. Okay. And so then 1%? you also think about the Clinton Global Initiative. Clinton yeah. Global Initiative. Uh, was only given 5% until the employees themselves of the charity complained, and then they went up to a whopping 15%. So, and I, then I they thought the with charities, Kim, I thought there was an IRS regulation of how and foundations and charities hey, that you have to, a certain percentage well, you have to give. That's for the little people, not for these globalists, <laughs> okay? Okay, and so now about the royal family, I, and I won't say any more about the royal family. Okay, yeah. Princess Di, the guy who's 
called before and said she's yeah. the only one he liked. She was yeah. the most dysfunctional. Who marries into a, a famous royal family that has avoided divorce for, you know, a thousand years or something yeah, right. like that because of scandal and war, right? Mm-hmm. She comes in and starts telling the media, just like the new in-law has, is doing, yeah, right? Yeah. Who marries Marvel. in and cleans yeah. everybody, knowing the family, uh, that, uh, because you know them because they're worldwide known, and c- claims are racist on Oprah's show, right? Mm-hmm. But Princess Di, and a lot of the stories you don't know about her, she would always go after married men, cause, and usually in the military, which caused problems with the wives, right? So, And she was uh, out in the media. She loved the media. But here's the thing I'm only interested in the royal family. The New World Order has an uh, unnatural preoccupation with the royal family, and that's because they have the Commonwealth, right? Australia, mm-hmm. Canada, uh, all these British former colonies, through that, they like to get associations that have a lot of people. Through that, you get influence and control, maybe behind the scenes, mm-hmm. of stable countries, the most wealthy, and also the most that have guaranteed free freedom, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you get them, they don't care about Zambia or something like that. You don't. You don't get the the, the biggest bangs for the buck. But they care about something that the royal family and the Commonwealth have. So that's mm-hmm. why I think. That's something to watch, um, what's going on right now, but you never know. Do, do you agree with, um, Kim, do, do you agree with all of the commentators that I've heard? I've not heard anyone say something different. They're all saying that uh, the new King Charles is not uh, saying anything wrong. He's not made a misstep, and he's 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 following very much in the footsteps of his, his mother, the Queen. Do you agree with that so far? Uh I don't know so far because he certainly had enough to say before becoming king. Yeah. <laughs> the, origi- the original, um, I have to go back and look at it, but the original House of Cards was a British, It was a, the one you have in America is the one that was taken from a British House of Cards. They actually had a story there. It was a main story about the prince becoming king and getting involved in, in causing mayhem with, like, woke, this is years ago, too, yeah, woke yeah. agendas. And that was written years ago about that. So he needs to back off. There, there is in their constitution, their unwritten constitution, that the, mm-hmm. the monarch never, ever interferes in policy of the government, mm. or else it won't be a monarch. Mm-hmm. That's supposedly what, how it's supposed to work. The government of Britain is one thing, and they're the figurehead. They're supposed to say that the nation carries on, no matter how bad the government gets. It represents... The monarch represents the nation, not the government. Well, and that's why I think, you know, you hear so much about people applauding Queen Elizabeth and said you never knew where she stood on things. She would never right. give away her positions publicly of what she obviously she had opinions about things. She clearly did, but she never said it publicly. So you never knew. And isn't that how the news is supposed to be? Right? Wouldn't you love it to is. have broadcasters that were like that? I mean, this is not a news program. This is an opinion show. So I can yeah, say. Yeah, it's supposed I, I, to be just the facts, not. But not what, the wouldn't it be great for show. news if all you got was you never you never knew where they were on it? They just reported the story. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Now we have these uh, people who come on the news and say, oh, get this. Now look what he's doing and that type yeah. of thing before they even tell you the facts. And that's mm. Pastor Will, while a lot of your callers used to call in and complain what is wrong with your news people but i know that it doesn't come from them i used to ask that question can we get them to talk to them and ask them where did they get that word that word is not their word it's somebody else's word and that goes back to george soros's t-dip 
the Democracy Integrity Project. It's a pipeline into every media area of the country, and it's a pipeline, by the way, it's international, it's a pipeline to in, into every uh, woke politician, so they use the same lines over and over and over. It's mind control. Well, let me just say this about our news team. I think, I think we're at a high watermark with our newsroom. I think... Uh, both I think more... we need to talk to them, Pastor Will. Well, no, I because I, I'm telling you, I don't think we're having the same issues we used to have because I think John and Morgan are much more straight shooters when it comes to the news. And I think if you listen carefully, you'll agree with me. We're not nearly yeah. getting as much uh, opinion we, through there as we used I to I want to know, what is their source? What, I want to know where they look for that. They well, you know what, I'll, 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 I will ask that question. I, I, I will see what, what they do for, for their research and for their source, their source and information. And you follow it, and it'll take you to the Democracy Integrity Project. Well, maybe maybe you're right, but maybe there's operation. a different thing. Maybe there's some other source that they, that they yep. use, Kim. We'll okay. see. Thank you. Thank you for your call. All right, uh, let me just finish up with this. I do. I think we're, our newsroom is doing a great job. I'm very happy with with the reporting that comes out of there now. I think, again, I personally, I've been here. By the way, Saturday was my 12th anniversary at WTIC. It was September uh, 2010. John Rowland and I rolled out the, the program Church and State. And uh, I was an untested radio person, and it was questionable if I'd even make it. Uh, questionable by the management if I'd even make it. And uh, thank you, John Rowland. He gave me the chance to, to do this. I, I will forever be in your debt for this, Gov. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Um, and here it is, 12 years later, and I'm still I'm still on the microphone. That's pretty fun. Uh, now I'm out of time, so I can't do that. I'll do the hair story tomorrow. If you're losing your hair, you want to tune in tomorrow morning. I'm going to do it early in the program. A breakthrough on hair loss. I can't wait. I'm going to get in line. I'm going to get in line for hair loss treatment. I'm going to get in line for moon real estate. Both of those things, I think, I think it's a unicorn market, moon real estate. Uh, hey, thanks so much, <laughs> Matt. Thanks. Great job. Uh, Steve Bucci, Joey earlier. All you guys calls. Amen. God bless you. I love you guys. See you tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.